Hello, this is Greg Horn, and you're listening to Marvel 616 Politics. Yes, this is Marvel 616 Politics with your host, Andy Kirby and Jared Mayo. Uh, and of course, you can find us on Gmail, uh, Marvel616Politics at gmail.com, our own website, Marvel616Politics.com, or on Twitter, of course, follow us at 616Politics or Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Laugh it up. <laughs> Twitter.com slash 616Politics. You can find us on Facebook.com slash Marvel616Politics. Or you can give us a call, ask us a question, leave us a message at 616-755-TINA. Jared, it's been too long. I missed you. I've missed you. It was it was a different intro that we did, Andy. I Well, well, that's true, yes. But I was talking more about your luxury liner cruise that you took that unbeknownst to me. Uh, I believe I told you. You you did. You in all honesty, you did tell me. I totally forgot. I thought it was like next year. I don't. I don't know. It's all right. I always forget about that metal plate in your head too. And every time you tell me, I'm like, oh, you're right. It's a bionic arm, like a uh, Winter Soldier. Gotcha. Ooh, good lead in. Except we're not there yet. Oh, dang it. So tell me about the cruise. What happened? What like uh, why'd you go on a cruise? Huh. Well. We have our own business with Amway, and Amway said, hey, you guys are great. <laughs> you guys do really well in your business. Uh, how about a free cruise? And we said, hmm, okay, we'll take the free cruise. So we went on an all-expenses-paid uh, five-day cruise to Key West, Miami, and Cozumel. And uh, it, it honestly was the best trip of, I've ever, ever had. I've been to Jamaica and Antigua, uh, England, France, uh, all over America, but this cruise was just like, it was just perfect in every way. It could not have been, I don't think it could have been any better unless Tina was like the entertainment on the cruise, or if you and Jackie were with us. Oh, uh, I, wow. I can't believe I'm on, I'm on par with Tina. <laughs> That's I mean, amazing. Of ways to make it better because it was so, oh my gosh, it was awesome. The food. The, the fun, the dancing, the people, the atmosphere. Uh, we went snorkeling. We went zip lining. We went and got motorbikes. It was just, oh, my gosh. I hated to leave. Okay. Well, Jackie cannot listen to this podcast because I will never go on a cruise. So she can't, <laughs> <laughs> she can't listen to how good this is. Why wouldn't you go on a cruise? Cut, man, I'm not going to go out where someplace I can't swim back to. Oh, I forgot you don't swim. I do swim. You don't like water. That's right, yes. <laughs> I'm just happy you shower. <laughs> I do, every day. <laughs> Almost twice a day, every day. No, tell me more about this cruise. No, I mean, I don't, I mean, the weather was perfect. It wasn't too hot. It wasn't too cold. It was absolutely perfect every day on the cruise. Um,. The comedian on the ship was the dad from That's So Raven, and that was awesome to to get to pass him on the cruise and hear his his show. 
um, to watch the Super Bowl in a huge theater on the cruise, uh, to go to the dance club and, and have an awesome time uh, playing ping pong. You know, like I said, you know, um, you know, my biggest two, my two biggest fears were height. I've always been heights and sharks. And so going in the ocean and zip lining were not on my to-do list, but I was able to conquer those fears on the cruise with, you know, 30 of my best friends. And I was just, you know, because it was all, all paid, you know, I could get as many main courses, as many desserts, as many appetizers as I want. It wasn't on my bill. So it was just kind of like living, living the high life, you know. Wait a minute, Amway paid for everything for thirty people, thirty-two people, for five hundred and twenty-three people. Holy moly, man! Yeah, I, but we were in a group. The the group that are in live in my area that I'm really good friends with. There were about thirty of us. So did like Sean go and stuff? No. You didn't invite him. Sean, well, Sean, Sean isn't um, in the spot in his business where we are. Oh, okay. That's you're an extremely diplomatic individual. Oh, because I I like Sean a lot, and I know he he and Jane are working really hard, and they've got a really rocking business. Um, we've just had a little bit more time, and that's it. You're so nice. You know what? <laughs> Jen Jen Capelli told me that she could never even imagine you being a jerk. <laughs> uh, okay. This <laughs> is <laughs> she. That's good because I'm not. <laughs> she tweeted that to me. I, I tweeted to her and I I have to confess I was like, oh yeah, Jared, that jerk. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh I know, he's such an idiot. And then she was like, I'm <laughs> just joking. I can't even type that with a straight face. He's such a lovable guy. Yeah, because she knows how you're hating on me all the time. She does. She does. But really, all that hate is just like, it's all channeled because I missed you so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I missed you too, man. It's been a while. I know, I know, and like, look, the the week after, like, the we record, I think we recorded on a Thursday, and on that Friday, I was like, okay, we record next week. What's going on? You were like, ah, we gotta go on a cruise. <laughs> I said it in a high pitched voice, just like that too. It was just like that. It was. <laughs> you texted me in a high pitched voice. So <laughs> yeah, oh, they're oh. like, what do you mean a cruise? Do 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 do. Never mind, you're a jerk. <laughs> what about you, man? What you went to uh, Wizard World Comic Con, right? Holy cow, that was like the best vacation I've ever had. <laughs> I've never been okay. I went to one comic convention, okay, and it was Rinky Dink. It was terrible, and like the Deep Space Nine character, the girlfriend of Nog, was there, the main attraction. <laughs> that that's how good it was. And I'm not saying she's bad. I'm just saying that's, you know, that's like Nog's a B-list character. She's like a D-list character. And so, anyway. It's like me appearing at a comic book convention saying, I was in the Avengers. I'm the main star of the comic book convention. <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of which, I think I see you in the, are you in the trailer? I'm not. Nope. Okay. All right. There's a guy in the, in the, when everybody's running on the street in the back left hand side while you're looking at it that I'm like, holy cow, that looks like Jared's hair. No, I wear a, a cap. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. How fitting for that movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, so Comic-Con. Oh, yeah, right, 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 right. So I met a lot of great artists and I made a lot of contacts, you know, and uh, 
Um, got to see, I was probably 10 feet away from Stan Lee and 10 feet away from William Shatner, the Shat, as I like to call him. Ooh. And uh, he did a Q&A panel, and that was fantastic. He really knows how to work the crowd. It was standing room only. Uh, Q&A panel for The Walking Dead uh, TV show um, for, oh, man, I always get his name wrong. Um, Adam Baldwin, I guess. He was on Chuck, and he was on Firefly and Serenity. And then he did some work on um, the later episodes of X-Files. Do you know who I'm talking about or no? No. Okay. That's all right. They had a costume contest that I was enjoying. Um, I went with a buddy of mine here at work, and like I wasn't planning on going because it was like I'm not gonna go alone. That's no fun. He walked up to me. And he's like, "So Comic Con, when are we going?" I was like, "What? Really? You're going?" He's like, "Yeah, are you?" I was like, "Yeah, I'll go if you go." So that was cool. Um, I got oh, I got Greg Horn to sign some stuff for me. Oh, nice. And um, yeah, some of his signed prints. I talked to Mike McCone, George Perez. Um, Doug Jones. You know who Doug Jones is? No, huh? Um, I talked to Doug Jones. He is um the guy who played Silver Surfer. Where, in what? In Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer. Gotcha. Um, he also played um, the Fawn in Pan's Labyrinth. Did you see that? Oh yeah. Mhm. Okay. That was a good, good little flick. Um, he played the fawn, and then he also played that that guy who had the eyes in his hands. Mm. So, like, the guy's, like, he's, like, six and a half feet tall, right? Mm-hmm. So, I talked to him. He did a fantastic interview with our friends over at Hideous Energy. And um, so, I walked up to him. I was like, oh, I want to see this guy because I saw he's on the program. And um, I walked up to him. I was like, hey, I just want to say Hi. Um, I heard your interview on Hideous Energy, and I just wanted to say it was very powerful, and it was moving and very inspiring. So thank you very much. Because he, in that interview, he got into a lot of like personal struggles he's ha- he's had with fame and self worth and, and stuff like that. And I don't know, he seemed like a very genuine guy. So I wanted to just go up and I don't know, talk to him. Like pet his shoulder. He, dude, he pet my shoulder. Anyway, I'm getting to that. So oh. <laughs> there's some petting involved. Yes, there was. So um, he was like, oh, yeah, Hideous Energy. I remember that. Yeah, I kind of broke down in tears on that interview. Oh, I was like, gosh. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to bring up. He's like, oh, no, that's fine. He's like, I really appreciated how in-depth those guys went. And, uh, you know, they asked the hard-hitting questions. And, and it really, it was a great interview. And I was like, right, well, I just wanted to say that you know, it really meant a lot to me, uh, you know, because your self-worth is not wrapped up in necessarily what you're doing. It's it's who you are. And, you know, he, you and I know this, our identity in Christ. But, um, you know, he kind of, like, touched on that but didn't go into that as much. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, he was like, oh, a- absolutely. And he said, let me, let me give you guys a hug. So, like, he – the guy is 140 pounds, six and a half feet tall, right? Oh. And he comes <laughs> – he comes around the table and he like wraps his arms around us like twice because his wingspan is like seven feet and like grabs our heads and like grabs my buddy's neck and it, like his thumb is on one end of the side of the jugular and his pinky is on the other side of the jugular and he's just like and the thing is like he's a classically trained mime anyway so like 
actually I don't know if he's classically trained. That might be a lie, but he's a mime, right? So like yeah. he's he's very emotive with his hands and everything. So that's when he was talking to us, he was doing all that too. So anyway, it was weird. It was but it was good. It was fun. That's awesome. I, I talked to Lou Ferrigno. What? You talked to the Hulk? I did. That's he awesome. kinda he kind of just nodded a lot. I don't know if he could really hear me because, you know, he's kind of hard of hearing. So Yeah. But um, I, I, I choose to believe he was hard of hearing instead of totally disinterested. <laughs> he was kind of like, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. All right. Yeah. I was like, it meant so much to me to watch your show because my mom used to say get out of bed or else she would hulk out and you don't want me <laughs> to hulk out. He's like, right, kid. Yep, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I was a little starstruck. I also saw, um, oh, what's her name? Mary McDonald. Do you know who she is? No. Have you seen Independence Day? Yes. She was the president's wife who got killed in the helicopter crash. Oh, okay. But she was the president in Battlestar Galactica. Okay. And she was fantastic. Awesome. I actually got to ask her a question. And after the Q&A, I accidentally ran into her. So, Like you knocked her over? Well, like we had to sidestep each other and like, oh, sorry. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. I met George Perez on the street in New Orleans. I was like, excuse me, sir, um, I know you're on your way somewhere, but can I shake your hand? <laughs> he was like, yes, but I have to get dinner. <laughs> 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 so anyway, it was a blast. I got to hear Stan Lee talk because I was 10 feet away from him, and he was like signing somebody's guitar, and he was like, well, whose guitar is this? <laughs> is that how he talks? <laughs> it is how he talks. You know how he talks. It's so exciting, everyone. Yeah. Excelsior. Yeah. <laughs> What? <laughs> it was a blast. It was a blast. You and I have to go to either mid Ohio or down here again. Well, we tried to go to California. Oh yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. That, that failure fun. of our lives. But anyway. Well, Gem City Comic Con is at the end of March. Where's Gem City? Dayton. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, Dayton's called the Gem City. Why, I don't know. But Oh, there's a lot of gems there? No, there sure are. We go downtown. Woo. I don't know what that means. A lot of gems. I don't know what that means. <laughs> there are a lot of gems downtown. I don't... Stop repeating <laughs> yourself. I don't know what that means. Whatever. All right. Uh, All right, well, cool. All right, yeah. Hmm. Dude, so what was the best part of the comic book convention? Oh, man, it was just, like, the best part was, like, I hate going downtown to New Orleans. And cause oh, I, are there a lot of gems downtown? I don't I don't know. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, going down to New Orleans, it's just uncomfortable and everything. I, I don't know who's around, and all these people either, like, super dressed up or super trashed out. So, uh... Anyway, you walk into the convention center and then you walk directly in there and all of a sudden you feel super comfortable and you're like, ah, oh, yes, yes, they're nerds, but these are my people. These are my people. You know, everybody was wearing their shirts and everything and, 
you know, oh, it was great. The cosplay and the steampunk that was there was just, it was good. Oh, here's one funny story before we go on, because I know I'm wasting our time. No, you're not wasting time. But real quick before you go to the story. Yeah. So it's it's cosplay? It's not cosplay? Um, I've always heard cosplay. Oh, well, I learn something new every day. Well, it's costume play. Cos. Costume. Mmm. That makes sense. Ah, You're very good at explaining a lot of different uh, words from comic books to me. Oh, and why they are what they are. Well, I always thought it was Mariah Hill, but I was wrong, so don't worry about that. So what's your story, bro? Alright, my story is... Alright, you know how everybody, you know, if you go to tech conventions or this stuff, they always have booth babes? I don't go to tech conventions. Right. Okay, so that's kind of a yes or no question. Would you mean like a uh, female dressed in sexy t- attire? Sexy attire, yes. And entice someone to come to their booth? Yes. Gotcha. Okay, so there was one booth there that had this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so two girls, they were all in pretty much cheerleader underwear. You know what I'm saying? Like... I don't know. I went to one NBA game, and what they were cheering in is was basically underwear. So gotcha. um, that's what they were wearing. And the funny thing is, like, everybody noticed them, but there was hardly anybody at their booth. And I was like, whoa, they picked the wrong place to have booth babes because all these people are totally uncomfortable around females anyway. <laughs> so, like, n- why would you put those people there? If everybody's going to avoid their booth. Mm. Anyway, I just, I got a huge kick out of that. Every time we passed that booth because we were running the circuit, um, I was like, there's still nobody there. That's ridiculous. That'd be a good social experiment. Like, put put females that are, you know, pretty good looking with one group and then with another group, put some, you know, mildly good looking ladies there and then just put some rough ladies some gems if you will at that, <laughs> at that booth and just what did you say uh, some some gens some gems oh like, i was gonna say that's rude man like you know downtown so, gems got gotcha now i get it <laughs> yes there are some real gems in dayton i do have to i have to put in a plug for um sarah richard so um, she's an up-and-coming artist. She's got fantastic stuff. She did some uh, prints for my girls, my daughters. It's uh, sarahrichard.com, no H, S-A-R-A-R-I-C-H-A-R-D.com. She's got a book coming out, Kitty and Dino, about a kitty cat and a velociraptor. It's a children's book. It's like Black Cat and Reptile team up. It's true. Yeah, but it's not a... Um, it's not a superhero comic oh it's a children's book when a little boy brings home a dinosaur egg the cat of the house isn't too keen on the tiny creature that pops out but after a few weeks of showing the new baby the ropes a bond forms between kitty and dino that transcends species featuring stunning and fluid line work from artist sarah richard kitty and dino will win the hearts of children everywhere amazon.com so this would be fiction well, no, I'm I'm sure it's historical fiction. What? I'm sure it's historical fiction. Are you? What? <laughs> All right. So, what picture did she draw for your girls? 
Okay, so I got uh, Kitty Pride attacking a Sentinel, um, Queen Amidala, and then a headshot a Gambit. And she did one of um, Spider-Man for me. So. Oh, nice. Yeah, I know, right? That's sweet, man. I almost got McCone to do um, a cover for me, but we had to leave too early, and plus it was going to be $150. Oh, you know, he did the cover to um, Fear Itself, Spider-Man number one, right? So okay. I was like, can you just do Spider-Man like that? You don't have to do the background or anything, just Spider-Man. And he was like, you want the back of him? I was like, yeah, like similar to how you did that cover. He was like, I've never had anyone ask for the back of a character. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, well, then you met me. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're welcome. <laughs> anyway, he was really nice. That's awesome. Ah, that's I could go on, but you know that's it. So, well, you know something else that we need to mention, and what is that? That would be our sponsor. Oh yes, our sponsor. Oh yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. That'd be DCBService.com. And Andy, tell us a little bit about DCBService.com. DCBService.com stands for Discount Comic Book Service. I didn't know if you knew that. But if yes, you go to because DC... I would not be promoting DC crap. Oh, whoa, my bad. Uh, <laughs> let's see. They sent us an email February. Um, let's see here. All new. Trying to pick something that's not DC here. Oh man. How about this? My Digital Comics is also under the program. Uh, so you earn 5% of your My Digital Comic orders to use toward your next DCBS order. So if you, and that's actually Comixology as well. Um, let's see. You can get, you know, you can, you order two months in advance. They order in specific numbers so they can get insane discounts of up to 40% off. It's like most, most of the time it's 35% off cover price. You're saving a ton of money. Now, if you do subscriptions like I do directly from Marvel, they only let you subscribe to a max of 13 or something like that. They don't really, maybe 18 series that they have. But that doesn't count all the limited series, all the crossovers, all the tie ins, all the one shots. So you have to pick them up somehow. So obviously the answer is DCBS. Why would you spend cover price when you can go get them there? And they always throw in some extras too. They always throw in some freebies and some previews and some stickers and stuff like that. So. Go to go to DCBService.com. That's awesome. What a good promo. Thank you. I might clip that for the clip show, you know, episode 40, 50, 75. That's interesting. I didn't know that Marvel only allows you to subscribe to X amount of titles. No, I don't know if I said that right. They only offer a fraction of their books for subscription. So, like, I went up there, uh, you know, on their website to subscribe to as many as I could, but they didn't have all the ones I wanted. So Okay. So they only offer 13 titles. Uh, I think they offer 18. But, I mean, they just canceled the the all-ages ones and stuff like that, so. Gotcha. Gotcha. Right, 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 right. Well, now, there's something else going on in the life of... Andy, the man Kirby. I'm always trying something new. Yes, and that is you've started counseling. Well, not other people, but yeah. Yeah, you started counseling. 
tell what? us about that. What are you talking about? Yeah, you're starting. You started going to therapy. Let's hear about that. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's what you you sent me on our updated list that you wanted to talk about your new going to therapy to talk about your fear of ice cream, water, and other assorted weird oddities. No, this is not what I sent no. at all. What are you talking about? I did. Oh no no no! Something about a new website. Yeah. Oh no, I'm trying something new. You've heard of the Drudge Report, right? Drudge Report. So. I figure, you know what, there's so many content creators out there, so many websites that say, hey, we're the best at giving the exact same information as the next guy, that I was like, you know what, I'm not going to write a ton of articles, I'm not going to start my own website, my own blog, something like that. It's overdone. You know, there's only so many press releases of the same thing with a little positive or negative spin that we can take. So I was like, why don't I just gather all the best articles on a subject and put them all in one place so people can go and check them out all at one time? So, hence, ergo, vis-a-vis, thecomicreport.com. Need I say more? It's basically like the Drudge Report. I'm still working on it. But you go there throughout the day and you get all the updated information. We got column one, Marvel, column two, DC, column three, indie and industry news. And then a bunch of links. What else do you need? What else, I ask you? So are you saying this website replaces me having to go to other comic book related websites to search for all the latest news? What this does is put all those comic book related websites in one place. You can read the headlines and then pick what you're interested in. You don't have to scour and say, okay, well, what is uh, iFanboy reporting or Bleeding Cool reporting on or Newsarama or CBR or comic books or Word of the Nerd? What are they reporting on right now? You can just go to one place and find all the headlines and say, well, I don't care about this. I don't care about, oh, but this, oh, a new Avengers title. I'm all about it. Click and you're there. Interesting. Okay. Yep. And so where did this idea come from? Um, well, kind of what I was saying, you know, I was like, I want to write articles, but now I don't have a place to publish them. Um, I'm not writing for comic books anymore. I've had a couple offers, but none of them for pay. So I want to keep writing, but I didn't have a, a platform to write on. So I was like, you know what? I'll just create my own blog. And then I was like, no, that's dumb because everybody has their own blog and they all write the same thing. So I was like, all right, <laughs> let's let's get all this aggregation in, in, in step and do it that way. Gotcha. So hopefully I'll be able to keep that updated throughout the day. I probably update it 20 times a day. So it's all good. Thank so what website thank again? It's thecomicreport.com. Gotcha. You looking at it now? Uh, I looked at it earlier today. Oh, Jared, I can always count on you. You're so supportive. Well, I was kind of bored. Thank you. Less, less supportive. I was subbing, so I had a room of 25 kids, and I was like, oh, they're getting on my nerves. What can I do? Oh, and he has a new website. Thank you. For, yeah. Yeah, for, you know, when you get bored and, and the kids are disagreeable. Yeah, come to our website. And, you know, it wasn't even that they were disagreeable. They're just, they kind of bore me. Because they're, they're really good kids. I don't have very bad kids that uh-huh. I've been subbing for. 
Like, uh, they don't do much stuff. That's so sad. Yeah, kindergarten is pretty much a waste of time. There's no point in having kindergarten. That's who you're subbing for? Kindergarten? Yeah, I'm a kindergarten sub. That's all I do, really. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I thought you were more, like, early childhood, but, like, like fourth and fifth grade or third and fourth grade. Uh, no. I won't, I won't sub higher than third grade because those kids annoy me. They got attitude. Mr. Jared, why do you have an earring? Mr. Jared, why is your hair so spiky? Mr. Jared, do you have tattoos? I started telling them that it's not my hair that's spiky, it's my head. It's really oh. pointy. Oh. Yeah. And Mr. I got Jared, called... do you surf? Mr. Jared, do you skydive? Mr. Jared, do you eat sharks? <laughs> it's Mr. Mayo. Oh, Mr. Oh, yeah, you're in the north. My bad. My yeah. bad. Yeah. But today I got called Mr. Mango. Excuse me, Mr. Mango. Excuse me, Mr. Pineapple. Yeah, it was like, what? That was the first. Usually I get called Mr. Tomato or Mr. Mailman, but not Mr. Mango. Wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. I can get Mango way better than I can get Tomato or Mailman. Hey, kids are dumb. <laughs> what can you say? Wow. You're a great substitute teacher. <laughs> That's kid, awesome. You stupid kid. That's the part about being a sub. Were they going to fire you? Big deal, you're a sub. All right, let's go to some current events. Current events. All right, Jared, I'm going to give you the harder ones to do. Oh, no, Andy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, your pick. What do you want to do first? Winter Soldier number one or Secret Avengers number 22? You mean which one do you want me to review? First. At all? First. Okay, I can review. I don't really want to review Winter Soldier. Okay. Did you want to do that one? I I, I read it. I know. I'm like, who picked out this outline? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Do Secret Avengers. Go for it. What? Secret Avengers. Alright. Secret Avengers 22. Uh basically, which is how I start off every review with basically. Ding ding. Uh, a terrorist blows himself up in Pakistan. Um, and as he's blowing himself up, a lady yells, No, and she inhales the fire from the explosion, magnifies that fire, and then ends up destroying half of a village with it. That's kind of like the prelude. Um after this happens, the Adaptoids are summoned from around the world. Now, who are these Adaptoids? I don't know. Okay, <laughs> all right. You know them? I don't know who they are either. I was really, I was really confused. But I mean, I was rolling at this point, but I was still, by the end, I was totally lost, and that's why you're reviewing this book. Okay, all right. I. I what I gather, they're called the Adaptoids. <laughs> okay. And they're summoned from around the world, from New York and Israel and Egypt, all over the place. Um, it kind of rem- reminded me of uh, the old Prime Sentinels from uh, Operation Zero Tolerance, but that's a continuity thing. We won't get there. So, um, after the prelude, uh, Captain Britain uh, is doing a mission or, or whatever for um, the Captain Britain Corps. And uh, he's summoned by Captain America to join the Secret Avengers. And he gladly joins, thinking that Captain America has made him the leader. 
And he rushes in and starts taking over with a big speech uh, before he's smacked in the face with some kind of glue um, arrow from Hawkeye, who states, I'm the leader, haha. Uh, it was pretty good. I, I really enjoyed the banter between Captain America, I mean, Captain Britain and Hawkeye. And uh, I think that will be some something to redeem this title. So, to redeem uh, this title. Well done. Way to look at it in a positive light. Thank you. um so then there's some it's some kind of some cool banter with the beast and uh valkyrie and black widow the whole team and everything uh but they uh, as soon as they get together the alarm or whatever goes off and they have to go on a mission to recover this lady that inhales fire so they head off to recover her or find out what's going on uh but the adaptoids show up and whoop on them hardcore um the adaptoids report that they've captured the uh, fire-inhaling lady, and they report this to a group comprised of Dr. Doom, Lady Deathstrike, Wasp, Vision, Jocasta, Nick Fury, Bloodaxe, and looks like a Sentinel of some sort. The end. That's okay. how the... That's, that'd be the gist of the issue. All right. Now this, you think that, well, we'll get to that later. All right. Let me ask you this. All right. Let's go to the page where, okay. The page where the big dude with the greenish hair picks up Hawkeye's bow. Um, You there? I'm turning. I'm turning. Toward the end, obviously. It's in the cave. It's like... Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. This is where I started to lose everything. So, panel one. Big dude picks up the bow, shoots wasp. Right? Yeah. Okay. Panel three. Suddenly... Hawkeye is holding the bow. Mm. Right? And yeah. he's shooting Ant-Man, who's huge, and the girl behind him is huge also? Or are they really small? Mm. Okay, panel four. <laughs> Hawkeye is back on the ground as if he never picked up the bow. And then panel five, they're, the kid and the lady are still big, but all everybody else is small. And then Hawkeye shoots Captain Britain on the next page. And Jello comes out. Yes, there's a ton of Jello. Actually, it's like strawberry jam. Mm. And then these people fly off, and they're all big. But Ant-Man is in his pants leg, his pant leg. Thank you, thank you. My bad. And then he, but I don't know if he's small or big or or normal size, and they're big. What what's going? I that I, I'm totally thrown off. I mean, obviously, I know the gist of it is uh, they got away. But what I assumed was that since they're called the Adaptoids, that they're able to tap into their power set is what it looked like to me. And so the bald dude got Hawkeye's powers, and they all kind of got Ant-Man's powers, and 
got big. That's just what I'm guessing. Okay. I guess that makes sense. This this seemed like a Jeff Parker plot to me. And I, I, I don't know why, and I, I'm not saying that as an insult, but usually on his stuff, I'm a little confused, and it's a little disjointed from panel to panel. And uh, and the art reminded me of some of the art on Hulk. But what did, what did you think about this whole thing? Well, I haven't been reading Secret Avengers. Okay. So, uh, but I, it looks like it's a jumping on issue uh, because Moon Knight's gone and, and they're starting, you know, they're adding a couple new people. Uh, so, I mean, I think this is probably the best place for me to start. Um, I guess, I don't know, I wasn't super interested. I wasn't huge on the art. Um, but the last page with the reveal of a bunch of cybernetic pseudo villains or, or something because i don't you know i don't think that's the wasp i don't think that's vision or jacosta or dr doom or anything like that uh it's just kind of like oh another secret villain group <laughs> you know right that i don't really even care for now who you said blood axe who's blood axe um i assume that was blood axe there with the that has the red face I thought they were all mangled or like doppelganger people. So I thought that was like a messed up red skull. But uh, I don't, know, I, don't I don't I don't know who Blood Axe is though. Blood Axe was more of like a 90s late 80s villain of Captain America, but uh, maybe it is uh because it looks like I'm assuming that's not Doctor Doom or Nick Fury or Sentinel. Well, uh, that right there that right there's Max Fury and he has been an ongoing bad guy in Secret Avengers. Who's Max Fury? The guy on the right. Oh, that looks like Nick Fury. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right? I don't read. I don't read that either. You don't read what? Secret Warriors. Isn't that what you said he was a bad guy? No, Secret Avengers. This. Oh yeah, this, I haven't this been title. reading. That. Got it. Okay, I understand. But ever since Brubaker, I think Brubaker's first run, it was uh, Max Fury was the. The bad guy. So he's been the bad guy for two years. But I mean, we went from Brubaker to um, who do we? Ellis, Warren Ellis, right? I don't read this title. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think Warren Ellis was on it. Yeah, Warren Ellis, and now um, Remender's picking it up, and that's kind of why we see next issue he's going to be bringing Venom on, which I think is a good addition to the team. You know, I would actually like to see Hawkeye lead this team and Venom be number two. What do you think about Captain Britain joining up? I don't like this team. That's why I don't read it. And but, uh, not a big fan of Captain Britain either, so it doesn't add anything for me, I'm in not, all honesty. I'm not a fan of Captain Britain either. I don't like Giant Man. I can't stand nope. Henry Pym. Nope, I don't like Valkyrie. I do like Black Widow, and I like Beast. I like Black Widow. I like Captain America. I like Hawkeye. I like Venom. The other ones, I could do without. It's just, it's not a team. It doesn't feel like a team, you know? It right. feels like a bunch of characters just pulled from wherever. And I don't know, I guess it doesn't seem like they have any A-list. There's no A-lister on this team, you know? And no, usually each team should have one or two A-listers. or These are all just kind of like, eh, <laughs> characters. Yeah, so, I mean, but in my opinion, this book has been limping on for 22 issues, plus the <laughs> plus, the plus one. Point one, point one issue. So, what are we going to see this book die? Well, Remender's on it, so I think they'll leave it for a little while. Yeah. I don't know how it's doing in sales. 
if he can't save it, then I don't think there's much of a chance. Bring in Bendis. Bendis is leaving his Avengers legacy. He's Bring in Claremont. Oh, then he'll <laughs> kill it. <laughs> Bring in Stan Lee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Excelsior! <laughs> does it talk like that? He does talk. Never mind. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I thought he'd be taller. All right, let's go on. We're done with this book. The art was okay. I la- I thought the art was all right. It was a little scratchy. It was. I can definitely see how that adjective would fit. Yeah, scratchy. Thank you. All right, let's go with Winter Soldier number one. Take it away, Andy. All right. It's by Brubaker, and the art is by Butch Guise. Mm. And actually, the, the art is pretty good in this book, I think. I nope. think it fits the uh, the Turn mood it. of a spy. Hmm. Well done. Like espionage, you know? This, this wouldn't fit for uh, X-Men or Spider-Man, but this is really good for Winter Soldier. Yeah. Yeah. So basically what we have here is... Um, Captain America, since Captain America number one, this latest uh, volume, has kind of been an espionage book. And I think what Brubaker is doing is taking this spinoff and using this spinoff as an espionage book, whereas Captain America is more getting back to, um, well, that book also split into Captain America or Bucky and Cap or something like that, Cap and Bucky. And uh, that's kind of telling some history, background history, more historical stuff. Um, and then Captain America is kind of, uh, progressive and going on as him as the symbol, you know, re rebearing the shield and the things that he has to go through and what it means to be Captain America. So I do, I have very high hopes for this book and, uh, I hope it goes very far cause I would like to see another epic run like he had on Cap. And, uh, I think he's changing his, you know, his tone, but I think that's fine. So basically, um, it starts out Black Widow and Winter Soldier are running around doing espionage stuff. They're in a casino and then they go beat people up. And I kind of forget what they're after in this. Did you read this? Aren't they they after the... um, Hold on, let me look at my notes. Uh, Those stasis tubes? Okay, right. Yeah. Okay, the Zephyr stasis tubes. Basically, I think they're looking for other people, right? Someone woke up one of these sleepers. They're looking to stop the project that that um, that made the Winter Soldier and those people. So they're going along and they're finding them, the stasis tubes. But they uh, find out that one of them's been empty, and kind of kind of this issue is kind of a recap of where he's been and what his relationship is with Black Widow which I find very interesting. I like that. And he kind of dreams about where he has been. But basically the weirdest thing about this book is they go find who was woken up from the stasis tube and it's this giant gorilla <laughs> with a machine gun who's speaking Russian. And that's it to be continued. So when I saw that, I was like, holy cow, what are we doing here? 
you know, because all all Captain America stuff, his early stuff um, from Brubaker was pretty realistic and it was pretty set. I mean, you know, it had a lot to do with politics of the day and and uh, the the Kronos Corporation taking over uh, America and the Red Menace and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I don't know what this is. And so I kind of got skeptical. So then we kind of do a, an epilogue type of thing. And we have Madame Lucia von Bardis, who was, I think she was in charge of Latveria during Secret War, right? Yes. Okay. And then Professor Ivan Krogoff, the Red Ghost, ex-Soviet super scientist. And they're joining up and... Uh, and you know that was one of his apes. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he has the super apes. Okay, now I understand. Boom, 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 super apes, super apes. I don't know what that... Oh. A super bass, you know that song? No. Oh. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we find out that basically um, they're going after um, Dr. Doom, right? Yep. All right, so that's kind of cool. All right, that makes a little bit more sense to me, so... Basically, we have the Russians in some capacity, or uh, the Russians team, or the Soviets teaming up with ex-prime minister of Latveria to take down um, Doom. And I, I think that's pretty. That's pretty compelling. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, what do you, I mean? What do you think about this book? You think it's worth it? You think it's a good idea for a spinoff? Should we just have let the character die or kind of fade back into anonymity? I really, I mean, I think Winter Soldier is a really cool character. Um, when Ed writes him, notice I call him Ed. We're you know we're on a first name basis and stuff. Did you get him uh, that hat? Was that well? That well, was, that was in the Avengers movie. So. Oh, oh okay. Who and who knows? Winter Soldier might be in it. What? What? Okay. So don't, don't tease me. Don't tease me, bro. Oh, you never know. That's just kind of interesting that they killed Bucky so quickly in the Captain America movie. Yes. Mm. Okay. So I think it was. I think, like I told, said at the beginning, I thought you the, can't uh, just say that and go on. I have to. What? What are you talking about? You have to. Because the, the Avengers movie isn't 616. That's why? Not because you signed <laughs> some agreement? <laughs> I don't know anything. What really. do you know, Mayo? I really don't. It's just all guessing. Okay. All right. All right. Um, I think the style was perfect for that kind of book. The only problem is, I think like you, I had a hard time understanding what was going on trying to track the book uh i mean even in my notes when i wrote a summary it was like two sentences because it was just i i had trouble following maybe that's maybe i just need to reread it again uh, i really like the relationship between winter soldier and uh black widow though that's probably my favorite part yeah i think so and you know what reading going through this the one thing that stuck out to me is i find it interesting um that he can write like when I write a script for, you know, a comic or whatever, an idea I have, I'm usually writing the panels as progressing with the dialogue in the story. You know what I mean? Like, 
obviously they go hand in hand. But when he writes this, he's telling two different stories, basically. He's telling the story of the dialogue, which is following a central theme. But then he's also, you know, he has to describe to the artist the what's going on there and the progression of the panels and how that all fits into what's happening next. And that was just so weird to me. Like they didn't catch up to, they really didn't catch up until like the fifth or sixth page of the story. So I I think that that adds a lot of, uh, you know, that takes a lot of talent, but it kind of, it kind of takes away from the book in that I didn't really know what was happening. I didn't know what to focus on. And, you know, some of that has to do with this is a number one. And so we're trying to recap who he is, what he's all about. So I'm really looking forward to number two. I never really liked the Red Ghost, though. Yeah, he was was kind of like a a loser Fantastic Four villain. Yeah, and ever since Loeb Loeb and Pac brought him back in in the Intelligentsia and the... Oh, yeah. You know... It put a bad taste in my mouth. I'm like, this is just ridiculous. Oh, you know, if anybody could re- could write him well, it'd be Ed Brubaker. Because if he can bring Bucky back, to me, he could do anything. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll you know, that. he can probably write the Red Ghost well. I don't know if he can write machine goading gorillas well. <laughs> Nuts. Cool. Okay. All right. We done with this one? I'm done. All right, you want to do Venom 13 or 13.1? 13-something <laughs> uh, actually happens. 13.1 doesn't. So which one is it? All right, why don't you... I want to hear your take on Venom 13, so why don't you go with it? Okay. <clears throat> I really had fun with this book. Uh, for some reason, I'm drawn to kind of the... the uh, the representation of the demon characters. I I love. I, <laughs> That's a quote. <laughs> what? That's a quote. <laughs> I'm drawn to the representation of the demon characters. Yes, that's a Facebook status right there. Oh, uh, I didn't. You know, Ghost Rider. I really like Jason Aaron's run. Uh, Daniel Way's run was all right. Um, X23. <clears throat> I'm kind of like she's kind of a a six or a seven on the scale. This Venom is kind of a six or a seven, but I think Remender does great with trying to bring back um, Jack-O-Lantern kind of as a arch nemesis. And Red Hulk I really don't care about at all. He makes me rock. <clears throat> <laughs> so, all that taken into consideration, um, the art is fantastic on this book. I really do. I, I, I like Moore's art on this. Um Basically, we see that Flash Thompson has run to Las Vegas, and he's running away from Betty and everyone, but he's he's AWOL, and he's now, he's fallen off the wagon? Is that? Yep. Okay, all right. So he's drinking, but um, this he's relying on, on, on booze, but he's also relying on the symbiote. So uh, then we cut to, you know, a casino, because this is Las Vegas, Somebody doesn't pay, and then we find out that he's been uh, robbing people or their souls of people who can't pay. And this is, oh man, I forget his name. What's his name? Who? The the villain. Blackheart. Blackheart, yes. All right, so he's like the devil's son, right? 
Well, Mephisto's. Mephisto's son. Okay, all right, yeah. Because the devil's son is um, Damon Hailstrom. Yes. Right. Right, 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 right. All right, so we have an introduction to Venom. Now we have an introduction to Blackheart. Now we have an introduction to um, Ghost Rider, the new Ghost Rider, who is Alejandra. And um, right now... Johnny Blaze is teaching her how to be the Ghost Rider. She doesn't really like it. And then we have an introduction to Rolk coming. And he is looking for um, Flash Thompson, who is AWOL and has the symbiote. Um, and then X-23 shows up. And basically, um, Blackheart stole some of her blood and she wants to get it back and she doesn't want anything bad to happen to it. So she's been tracking him down on her own and that has led her to Las Vegas. So basically everybody's coming and converging on the same point. Uh, we find out that they've made this giant like roulette wheel, satanic roulette wheel <clears throat> that Blackheart's trying to bring hell onto earth. And, um, Alejandra, the ghost rider, goes and pretty much turns it on for him. Um, Hulk attacks Flash Thompson. Uh, for a split second, the symbiote gets on Red Hulk, and that's kind of cool. Yeah. But then he gets off of him very quickly. Um, X-23 finds out that her, her blood has been used to make clones. However, it's also been used to make clones with... Venom symbiotes on them, and so she has to fight four clones of herself with symbiotes on them, which is pretty cool. Yeah, we don't get a huge lot of that fight, but but the idea is all right. So then we start bringing hell on earth. Uh, Johnny Blaze puts a little medallion on the drive carefully, come back soon, Las Vegas welcome sign, um, and that's supposed to keep hell from expanding past Las Vegas. And they go in, and it turns... Oh, oh, this is my favorite part. Blackheart uh, calls up Mephisto, and he's like, Hey, Dad, look what I did. And Mephisto's like, Oh, I'll pat you on the back. Good job there. <laughs> and Blackheart gets all mad, and he's like, I'll rain in hell. And then um, we get a little bit more fight, and everybody converges on Blackheart. And the Red Hulk uncharacteristically looks a little freaked out. And he's like, whoa, what's going on, man? Oh, no. But everybody else is ready for a fight. And then all of a sudden, out of this mirror, these antithesis, antitheses of our four come out of the mirror. So we have Icor, X666, the Evangelist, and Encephalon. And weird-looking creatures. So, Remender wrote this, and then the next part is written by um, Rob Williams, I think, who is the writer of Ghost Rider. But all in all, I thought this was good, and I thought, it's kind of weird. This really, it feels like it's definitely its own corner of the Marvel U. You know, everybody should really care about this. Having a Hulk there doesn't really make sense, but then again, having X-23 there doesn't really feel like it makes sense either, yet her character kind of fits in there. Yeah. Um, I I like these stories because they're kind of fun what-if stories, and if, if things work the way people thought they did, how would, how would we get out of them type of thing? And 
having it set in Las Vegas, like Sin City, just makes sense. Um, I thought it was pretty clever. It's it's nothing deep. It's nothing to think about. It's very surfacey, but it's kind of fun. Yeah, it's kind of it's all right. I like how they I like how they uh, planned it out that they're these four characters, their roots intertwine, and so they have to deal with each other and also fight a bad guy. Yeah, my favorite part was X twenty three fighting the Venom X twenty three clone. See, the, my only problem with that kind of stuff though is that you 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 set a precedent that okay now you know it's just that easy to clone them and it's you know then you you can also attach symbiotes and then you can control them and pretty much you can create an army and then all of a sudden like X twenty three is fine with fighting them and you know like she doesn't seem to be really having a hard time fighting four of them. And so that, that anytime venom or carnage attacks Spider-Man, it's like a huge deal. I mean, in carnage USA carnage is taking on the A-list Avengers and, and everybody's having a hard time, but X 23 is taking on four of these guys all at one time. Yeah. I don't know. Good point. Anyway, should write a letter. I'll write a letter. You should. Who's my congressman? Like with a uh, feather-tipped pen. A quill? Yes, a quill. Ah! Yes, a quill. Now, is Blackheart, is he in those uh, Marvel vs. Capcom games? Yeah. All right, all right. No wonder I've seen him before. We don't see him that often at all. Nah, I'm not. Yeah, we don't. (laughs) So what did you think? Uh, I thought it was okay. It wasn't something I was looking forward to, so when I got the outline today, I was like, ah, crap. <laughs> comics I'm not really looking forward to. <laughs> <laughs> but it was okay. I thought some of the art was good. I thought the Ghost Rider pictures were probably the best. Uh, a couple scenes with the Hulk were pretty decent. So the art was okay. I liked it. I like to see Red Hulk scared. Everybody else was all tough, and he was, like, the scared one. That was kind of cool. And then, uh... And, uh... I don't see. I, I haven't been really been following too much with Venom, so it was kind of cool to get some backstory stuff with Flash and uh, you know some stuff with his dad and things like that. It's pretty interesting to get the character development of this. You know, this character who's been in the Marvel U for so long but has never really taken a primary role. Yeah, and so we actually see him doing something. Um, and I would think that this book is probably should be more controversial than it is just because you're taking a very status quo stable character who's always been there and you know he you're changing him into something that it's going to be difficult to revert him back. You mean with his legs? Um no, cuz that didn't happen in this title, but I mean like after he's done being the symbiote, because he's not going to be the symbiote forever, how does he go back and just hang out with Peter and Mary Jane and, you know? Yeah. Like, how does he erase this part of his life? Oh, maybe he won't. Well, uh, that's you a, know, that's a plausibility. Yeah, I, I kind of like it sometimes when they change a character and make it difficult to go back. Right, and then that's you make how... a deal with Mephisto, and uh, your marriage gets. Oh, man. Well, you do like the portrayals of demons or something you said. (laughs) Right? Yes. (laughs) 
All right, do yours, and then we'll talk a little bit more about that. All right, 13.1, Doctor Strange and, and Damon Hellstrom show up. The antithesis show all of the heroes their greatest fears. Okay. That's it. You have to have something more. I do. What did you think about the art? Oh. Uh, I don't remember. What are you talking about? Because I read them back to back. We open it up. Okay, I like the art. Yeah, it looks like um, it almost looks like Joe Mad. Yeah, a little bit. I can see that. I really enjoyed this art. I thought it was really good. I thought for the most part it was clean yet sort of gritty. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I really like this. Yeah, I like it a lot better than the first one. I thought you would. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I don't feel like a whole lot happened, like most of the point one issues. Well, yeah, but I mean, this is going to go on to point two, point three, point four, and then a closing title. So oh, this com- yeah. this comes out weekly. I for I see that now. Yes, yes. So I mean, not much. But what do you think about them switching writers? Well, see, I'm not super invested in this, so it's hard for me to care. You know, and and not being not trying to be negative, you know, but it's to me, it's not a huge deal. What about you? Uh, No, I thought I mean, if they do it well and what I would have liked to have seen. If they're going to switch writers like that, maybe they should kind of take it from each character's perspective, whoever's going to write that book. Because, you know, probably Marjorie Liu and Jeff Parker is going to get on on this, too. Because mm-hmm. they write Red Hulk and um, X-23. So I would like to see, you know, more issues from their perspective. But then again, you know, that kind of that kind of doesn't tie the whole thing together. So uh, you either have one, ar- one writer who's, you know, good at all the characters and can draw them all together into one giant overarching story or you have four different writers who just take their take, you know, their characters take on the whole thing. So I don't know. And we'll see how this turns out. It was kind of just a fun read and you don't have to be super invested and there wasn't a whole lot of hype. So that's kind of what I like about it. Like if there's not a whole lot of hype, then, um, you know, then it's kind of like, you know, we don't, we don't care what happens. But we know what the ending of this is. Everything's going to turn out okay. Oh, yeah. It has to. Right. Especially when you're dealing with stuff with hell. And, oh, is the earth going to be swallowed up by hell? No, it's not. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what? It doesn't look like Marjorie Lou is in on this at all. No, she's not. Just Jeff Parker. That Jeff Parker one is going to be hard to read. Well, with Rick Remender, you know, kind of finishing up everything up with the last two issues so i'm kind of thinking these next few are just kind of filler more more so than this one well no i'm saying the one that's on right now the next one with rob williams and then the last one with jeff parker it's kind of like who cares because remember is going to finish it out right 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 well i mean this kind of brings us to another topic that we had we'll stick it in with current events but um Jen, 
our friend Jen Capelli, um, she actually requested, I didn't know if you saw this, but she requested on Twitter um, that we do an entire episode about religion and comics. And I was like, whoa, whoa, we've kind of had, you know, that's not a very popular subject when we do this. But um, I said, I'll, I'll see what I can do, talk to Jared. So we're not going to do an entire episode, but we are going to touch it, and this is a good place to do it. Um, so I kind of wanted to get your take on, you know, like what the perceptions are of religion and how these things go, why you think that some things stick and are accurate and why other things aren't and why they differ and if they're used as plot devices and uh, how you feel about, you know, demonic or angelic things or even not even that kind of spiritual but like just a religious affiliation like with nightcrawler and and stuff like that what do you what do you think about that being in comics andy you just asked me like 10 questions yes it was kind of an open-ended here's your broad category go oh gosh um what do i think about religion in comics well i think religion in comics adds a certain bit of realism because kind of how the real world is people are motivated by their faith. Um, maybe not even so ne- necessarily by their faith, but by their worldview, uh, how they view the world. And, um, with the worldview that often comes, uh, some sort of faith system, you know, whether you believe in a God or you don't believe in a God or, um, uh, morals, ethics, all those kinds of things. Um, Gosh, it's such a broad topic. Um, to me, I don't really have a issue with a ton of religion being placed in comics. Because uh, like I said, you know, I think it adds the depth of character. Um, I think you just have to realize that um, just like in the real world, one person does not speak for uh, an entire belief system. You know, Nightcrawler being a Catholic does not speak for the Catholic Church. Um, William Stryker does not speak for um, conservative Christians. Um, the the Muslim that blew, that was trying to commit jihad in Secret Avengers 22 does not speak for the Muslim faith. Um, those are all just individuals, and it, it adds to the story, adds to the character, adds to moving the story along. Um, so, I don't know, it's kind of a I don't know, Andy. It's such a broad topic. We really probably could do a whole episode about it, you know? Yeah, I'm sure we could. I I, uh, I was thinking, you know, I read the whole the Ghost Rider and the one um, of Aaron's Ghost Rider. The one thing that sticks out to me and it's just it's an amazing story is um, Satan was trying to mess up God's plan. And Satan knew that God's plan was to bring the Antichrist. And raise him up. And so sometimes in our mind, and especially as as me as a Christian, I think to myself, well, obviously the Antichrist is the bad guy. And, you know, he's supposed to take control of the world. And that's kind of near the end and everything. But Aaron, Jason Aaron, turned it around and said, well, really, if God is in control of everything, then the Antichrist is part of God's plan. And if Satan goes after and tries to thwart God's plan, really he would have to kill the Antichrist. And so it turned out the Ghost Rider 
and um, his buddies at the time had to go and protect the Antichrist, who was pure evil, and had to protect him from Satan, or actually, I think it was a revolt against Satan, actually. So this got me all wondering, like, all right, well, how much does Jason Aaron really know about the Christian faith, and how much of what he knows is correct or incorrect? Like, he is correct in that one thing, God is sovereign, and that the Antichrist coming to power is God's plan, right? Mm-hmm. And that just mystified me. Like, how could he be so right about that? And so, you know, how can we be so wrong about some other things? Like, one thing that in comics is portrayed is Satan is the devil, Satan, Mephisto, whatever, is in charge of hell. Like, God's in charge of heaven, but we never we never see God. We always see, you know, the, the angels, you know, Um so we kind of see the angels are in charge of heaven and Satan and the demons are in charge of hell, right? Yes. Yes. Well, in real life, that's not true. God's in charge of heaven and in charge of hell. And hell is was built for Satan to be punished in. And he he's right now has been banished to this world, you know, as, as the Bible says. So... Yeah. To me, it's it's the it's the strange things that they get wrong. Like everybody thinks it's a an equal. It's kind of like um, you know, there's equally as as much good as there is bad, and there's an equal fight of whether or not they're gonna win and what's gonna happen. Now that does make for good storytelling because you really don't know what's gonna happen within the stories. And so, if we constantly knew what was gonna happen and who was gonna win, it'd be boring. And that's why we have death in comics and all that kind of stuff. So, um. Anyway, Jen, that's a that's a little bit. We could go on forever. We don't want to bore all of our listeners. But um, any thoughts on that? Just the, the the misrepresentation of stuff. I know we talked about this back with Siege, right before Siege, with with Dark Avengers, with the uh, you know the Sentry's power being the same power that somehow was tied into Galactus, but that Moses brought down the angel of death. That's what, that's what Bendis kind of said. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't have a problem with, um, relating things, you know, with, uh, faith and, and religion, as long as it just doesn't come off as someone's agenda, because there've been, there've been past, um, uh, examples where and you're like, oh my gosh, dude, I can tell, I know, understand it's the writer. The writer is, you know, putting his agenda through these characters. And if it if it comes off as not agenda-based, I got no problem with it. Well, do you, does that matter just for religion or does it matter for politics or anything like that? Because in that Secret Avengers number 22, Beast says something like, oh no, don't wipe, wipe Pakistan off the map. Who else are we going to vilify then? Obviously, that was, you know, that was Remender saying how we treat Pakistan. Oh, I I thought he was talking about mutants. Oh, I'm going to have to go back and read that again. Because they said, is she a mutant? And they said, we don't believe so. And he said, oh, well, then who are we going to vilify? Oh, I totally misread that. Okay, well, my point still stands... If somebody sure, tries cause... to push something other than religion, if somebody tries to push a an agenda, does that matter to you? Because every yeah. writer is putting their heart and soul into what they write. Well, remember the Captain America issue a couple years ago? We had a 
pretty lengthy episode about that. Yes. Yeah, about the uh, tea party. Yeah. And about kind of racism. Mm-hmm. And what's your point? No, I was just saying that I felt the same way. That, yeah, I don't feel like... I don't want an agenda to be pushed through my characters that I've grown up with since I was a little guy. You know? I don't like that. What happens when that... What do you do when that happens, though? Like, what do you feel? Do you feel disappointed? Do you feel like, ah, I'm not going to read this writer? Or what is Marvel doing? I get doing? upset. <laughs> and I pretend like it never happened. <laughs> Like, if Storm suddenly starts to be all, like, you know, you know, fist-pumping black power, like, what? That is not Storm. That's obviously somebody's agenda, you know? Gotcha. So you think if it takes away from the character? Yeah, if it doesn't make sense, like, you know, uh, I don't know, maybe a marriage or um, something like that. Okay, well, let me... Last point on this... Um, you know, sometimes when sometimes when a movie comes out and it's heavy with religion or uh, or you know a book or a TV show or something like that, and it happens to be what you know people from my church or my friends agree with, they always say, "Oh, you got to see this movie. It has a great message. It has to you know, and um, you know, you got to support this." Whereas. You know, I'm not sure if the creator of that movie believes what I believe or has the same agenda as I I do, mm-hmm. yet it just coincidentally lines up. So my take is, why am I going to support this that just happens to coincide more than uh, support a movie that I really like that has different faith structure or belief structure that that doesn't coincide? You know, and a lot of people say, oh, well, I mean, it's the same question of um, kind of legislating morality. Like, oh, vote for this guy because he thinks that we should restrict freedom in this way so that people only do good things. Well, just because, I mean, what's his motive? Like, just because this guy says, oh, this is outlawed because this is bad. If you give the government that power, the next guy who disagrees with him, he still has that power. So... You know what I'm saying? I do. So, I mean, I guess my point is that's that's the way I take it. Like, you know, I, I'm not going to support one thing over the next unless I know the motive. So when I see that, I think, you know, I kind of take it with a grain of salt and I'm like, oh, that's good. I happen to agree with some of that. Or if it's if it's a, it's a if it's a religion or faith I don't agree with, I read it and say, oh, that's good. I happen not to agree with some of that, so mm-hmm. I kind of just take it as it is. Gotcha. And that's, I guess. I didn't. So you what? No, I guess that's it. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, I just didn't. I don't have a whole lot of response because I think that's going to take us down a long path. <laughs> I'd rather not go down right now. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Well, let's head on to our State of the Union. The State of Our Union. Okay. State of the Union. Yeah. We have a few things to talk about. Did you look at the outline? Did you pick a topic that you want to talk about first? 
Oh, I assumed we were just going in order. We don't have to. Let's do it. All right. First and foremost, Marvel Comics demands $17,000 from Gary Frederick. What is this about? I think this I think this news came out today. Well, I don't know where could I have what website could I have gone to to find this news? I found it on thecomicreport.com. Sweet. What? <laughs> okay, so basically, um Gary Frederick is the creator of the character Ghost Rider for Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um and let's see, I'm reading from um I'll, I'll I'll take this from Bleeding Cool, even though they definitely editorialize it a lot. All right, so basically, recently Marvel triumphed in court against Gary Frederick, the creator of Ghost Rider, as to whether any monies or rights were owed to him for the use of his character in movies, with the second movie starring Nicolas Cage on its way. And while the court decided that Marvel owes Gary nothing... They also decided on a counterclaim from Marvel that Gary Frederick owes $17,000 for selling prints of Ghost Rider character at conventions and the like. This represents Gary's earnings from selling such prints over several years. But now Gary is penniless and Marvel is demanding payment now. Oh, and that he is not allowed to say that he is the creator of Ghost Rider for financial gain, say by doing an interview in the future. Marvel has recently that was recently bought by Disney for four billion dollars. Nicolas Cage recently sold his copy of Action Comics for number one for over two million, and will have received similar for starring in the Ghost Rider two movie. Gary Frederick, the creator of Ghost Rider, is, however, penniless now. Obviously. That is editorializing. So uh, let's go to, I found another blog. So this is obviously another editorial, but it's a little bit more just straight factual. Um, The final judgment has been handed down in a long-running Gary Frederick vs. Marvel Ghost Rider case, and now we know the full amount that Frederick owes Marvel. That's right, Marvel, a company that stands to make millions of dollars from the upcoming Ghost Rider 2 movie, is and is paying Nicolas Cage millions to portray the character that Frederick created, now wants money from Frederick in specific $17,000. And they'd like it now in full. Um, So basically, again, that's editorialized, but this stipulation has been agreed upon and so ordered by the court with the final judgment reflecting all that contained within. Uh, This means now that Gary Frederick has the right to appeal and an appeal he will, but it also means that he now owes Marvel comics, a multi-million dollar making machine backed by multi-billion dollar Disney company, $17,000 and cannot ever sell anything related to ghost rider. Um, this is just, this is insane. There's gotta be more to this story, right? I would hope so. All right, well, from everything I've read, basically what we find is that this guy said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, I'm assuming he brought it up. Like, he filed a claim against Marvel and said, hey, I should be getting royalties because I created this character. 
And um, Marvel said, no, you shouldn't. It's our character. We own the rights. Plus, if you open your mouth again, we're going to prove to everybody that you can't do it. So, I mean, I guess they taught him a lesson and taught all creators a lesson. Like, don't don't make new characters for us. But how? But Stan Lee, he talks about how he created characters for Marvel all the time. And he Why gets... Can't... Yeah, yeah, and he gets paid by Marvel. <laughs> Does he still get royalty and stuff? I mean, I'm sure no. he has to. He gets a flat fee of $1 million every year. How do you know that? It was in a news article a while ago. So he gets it from Marvel? Yep, he just gets a flat fee $1 million every year. Wow. is that Does that include inflation or cost of living or no? Oh, I don't know. <clears throat> okay, so what's your take on this thing? Well, I mean, I kind of got a couple different takes. I mean, I don't understand how you can censor what he says. He, you know, freedom of speech, how are you going to say you can't say that you created him? But even if that's what you did, you should be able to say that, you know? Yes, Marvel owns it. I created Ghost Rider, but Marvel now owns it. And I cannot create any new Ghost Rider, um, you know, stories or whatever and sell them because... Marvel owns it, you know? It's just like you and I, we can't write a Batman comic book and sell it and make money. I understand that. But we can still say, you know, even if I, I you know, you, I can still say I created whatever, if that's what I did, you know? Right. You, you, I don't understand how you can censor the truth. That's kind of, well, I can, but you shouldn't be able to. <laughs> so so you just say, part, for the facts, he, he should be able to at least say that. But they're saying... I mean, do you think that they slapped a countersuit on him to teach him a lesson? Uh, I don't think so. You don't think so? You not to make him, not to make an example to anybody else out there? Because I can't figure out why they would do that. I mean, the the only reason that they would have to do that is if they say, "And you know what? You've been making money off of our property where you don't have the right to do that." Well, that's why I'm try- That's why I think there's more to the story is because I don't understand why he would have to pay seventeen thousand dollars for selling Ghost Rider prints. Because didn't you just say that what's his name was going to draw the back of Spider Man for you for one hundred fifty dollars and sell it to you? Right, and I picked up some Greg Horn prints of Spider Man and Daredevil and Captain that's America. That's what people do. You know, is it going to be like what you can't sell back issues anymore at comic book conventions because? Those were, you know, those were Marvel comics. I I don't know. It doesn't. The whole thing doesn't make sense to me because if you can't sell, if you don't have a contract with Marvel right now, I could still pay you to draw me a Spider-Man, right? I would assume so. Why couldn't you? I don't know. Am I not free to to do what I want with my own money? I just believe you're not allowed to mass produce. Like a mass-produced market thing, you know? So is there a definite line for that? I believe there is, but I don't believe there's something like like a trade show. You know, I don't believe there's something a one-off thing. Um, because, I mean, there, do, there are some rules and stipulations in place because Marvel does own those characters, and they get to control how they're, they're marketed and things like that. So, I mean, he couldn't, he couldn't print up Ghost Rider banners and put them all over New York City as billboards and say, hey, to get Ghost Rider pictures drawn, come see me on Fifth Avenue. 
you know, he can't do that. But he's allowed to sit at a table at a convention, draw pictures of Ghost Rider, and sell them. He is allowed to do that. I mean, there is a line. It's just, it's just like that with any kind of company. So, okay, let's say he crossed that line and that's not being reported on. Would Marvel be in the right? If he crosses the line? Yeah. Yeah. So, do you think that... I mean, you said there's got to be more to the story. Are you fairly confident that he he did cross that line? I don't know. I don't... I don't... I can't speculate either way, you know? You're so cautious. (laughs) No, no, honestly, because... There has to be way more to this story. It's not this black and white that he wanted royalties. Marvel said, no, we bought it. And you owe $17,000 because you sold a couple Ghost Rider prints at a convention. Because Marvel has their own... There are people that aren't under exclusive contract with them that draw Marvel prints and sell them at comic book conventions, and they don't say a thing. So why are they getting this, this guy who I've never even heard of they didn't even know created Ghost Rider for seventeen grand. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of think it's sad. I mean, obviously they're pointing out Bleeding Cool is pointing out that he's broke after this, you know, seventeen thousand. And yeah, if I had to turn over seventeen thousand, I'd be broke too. But I just feel bad that the guy is in a, a place in his life where that would make him broke. Well, but you can't feel bad because, you know, people get to make choices in their life and they get to choose what they want to do with their life. And, you know, I, I don't know, I'm going to get I don't want to get on a soapbox or anything, but, you know, there are so many different ways out there to earn a living, to make money, to have income. And if you've chosen to make poor decisions and bad choices, that's what you've chosen to do. And I don't feel sorry for you. Are you saying that's what this guy did? Because you're going to be very unpopular with the listeners. I'm not saying that's what he's he's done. But when I hear people say, well, I feel sorry, you know, he's he's poor and he's derelict or whatever. Well, what did what kind of decisions did he make in his life? What kind of choices did he make that he chose that he decided? Nobody else. You know, I'm not about having a pity party for somebody that makes bad decisions. Right. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. I hope that, um, I mean, the skeptic and the cynic in me would say that this is just a publicity stunt because the movie's coming out next week, you know? Mm -hmm. But I'm wondering, like, this would, if anything, it um, it would make... fans and readers that know this kind of stuff are gonna say, you know what, I'm gonna boycott, you know? Yeah, they but, say there's no such thing as bad publicity, but that's a, that's a lie. There is. Well, but the other side of that is readers and people who aren't invested who see this headline, they're just going to say, oh, Ghost Rider. Oh, I wonder what the whole hubbub's about. Oh, I'm, I'm going to go see that movie and find out. I'm going to know the inside track. And they're not even going to read the article. But if you do read the article and you can't think past your nose and all you read is, Big Marvel, big company, big oil, whatever, comes down and crushes the little guy who doesn't have any money and now he's broke. Then you go, oh, well, sweet, let's go occupy a city and protest for a while. <laughs> well, th- that is one thing we all need to keep in mind that Bleeding Cool, uh, you know, they put out articles, but everything that they put out, well, most things that they put out, is very editorialized and slanted. So if yeah. you get news from them, 
if it's not conjecture, you can know at least that it's, you know, most of the time it's slanted. I don't want to slander anybody, but, you know, they're not as fair and balanced as uh, CBR or Newsarama. Yes. So anyway, I I couldn't find too much more uh, info on this, but there was a Twitter was a buzz with a bunch of, you know, like what's going on here between this and um, DC putting out prequel to Watchmen. Yeah. Yeah, everybody's getting a, a bad vibe. So, all right, next topic. What are your thoughts on uh, the new Avengers title, Avengers Assemble? Pass. <laughs> Why? Why? What, what? That? How? How is this story possibly going to fit into continuity? This is with with what's going on right now. This is kind of like the astonishing X Men of the X Men universe to me. Of the Avengers. Yeah. Did it you did you what? read the preview issues or the no. preview? Okay, all right. Did you? No, I didn't. That's why I was wondering why you came up with that that way. No, I mean they're not on the same teams right now. Hawkeye's doing his thing over here. Cap's over here. Iron Man's here. Thor's dead. You know what? I don't. Green Hulk isn't around. It's Red Hulk right now. I don't understand how this is going to happen. If it does happen and they fit it, that's awesome. The other thing, too, is I don't want another Avengers title. Marvel really made a huge mistake in the early 90s in making 7,000 X-Men titles because now the line is so far-reaching and so crazy. It's so difficult to get into right now. And Avengers was so good because it was always one title and Every once in a while, they'd have a West Coast team. But then that disappeared, and they went back to just Avengers and some miniseries or whatever. And, you know, Cap, Iron Man, and, and Thor always had their own books, but they'd had their books since the 60s, you know. And uh, now there are so many Avengers books. Everybody in the Marvel Universe is an Avenger. I don't need another Avengers book. Well, um, I actually, when we get to our predictions part... I have some theories on that and how it's all going to fit in because you said, how is this possibly going to fit in? So Uh, did you do your predictions? I did. This time I did too. Well, what are your thoughts on Avengers Assemble? I'll read it. It's Bendis. And to me, it looks like his last book before he jumps off of the Avengers. So I'll I'll read it at least as far as he's on and I'll I'll probably purchase it. Um, Like I said, we'll get more into it into predictions. But I think it's going to... it's not going to be big, but I think it's going to set the stage for a, a totally different track than we've been on for the past um, decade. Really? Yeah, I actually think that Bendis is going to what he did in Avengers Disassembled. He's going to undo in Avengers Assemble. That's mm. what I think. Yo, I look forward to hearing your prediction. Oh, I know you do. All right, topic number three. What's your thought on uh, Marvel finishing uh, the 12 after two, three years? Who cares? What? Who cares? Why? What do you mean? Who cares about these characters? Who cares about a story that was written almost three years ago that nobody picked up in the first place? Who cares? I'm glad they're doing it because I actually like the story and I... I I know you do. (laughs) ...bought every issue. I knew you did. So you baited me. No, I knew that's exactly what you were going to say. I knew that you were really excited about it, and I just am not. 
um, I, I read this issue and I thought it was really good. It was kind of telling and it, it, uh, it progressed the story a little bit. I think it, I think it adds to the rich history of, of the timely and Marvel universe. I like, uh, the original invaders and I like these guys and I, I, I'm interested to see what happens. I was, I'm sad that, um, actually Straczynski's name is still on the cover when he, he's not the actual writer of these, but, um, but other than that, I'm really interested in where it's going to go. I like the art, and I um, I think that some of these characters we can really see um, in the future, in, in the regular 616. Oh, I hope not. Oh, some of them are good, man. The original Black Widow? No, no. They're awful. They're boring. <laughs> They're so boring. They're not boring. I love the, the I love the past period pieces. So and how well did that Invaders series do? The Invaders, I I didn't I actually didn't the twelve part Invaders, um, Avengers Invaders. No, no, you were reading that series and it got canceled in the middle. Remember? No, which one? What series was that with those old crappy characters that you were reading? And it got, ended up getting canceled like in the middle of the series, and you're like, what? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! All Hero Squad, there Band you of go. Brothers. All crappy Hero Squad. <laughs> that was re- that was again. That was really good. Oh gosh, it was good. It man. was so good they couldn't even finish. It was good. They're like Andy's reading this, but no one else is. Let's just can this. <laughs> I can't tell you how sad I was when I went into the shop. And they were like, oh, yeah, we sold them back. I was like, you sold them back? We can't. You're not even allowed to do that. And they're like, I know. It was weird. They made an exception for this book. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we're done. Let's move on to predictions. And let, you know what? We're just going to call it our top five. Our top five predictions gotcha. for Avengers versus X-Men. Okay. Okay, who's going first? You go first. Okay, we're going to do one at a time, right? Yes. Okay. All right, yes. Okay, well, you we found out today, I believe, that uh, Captain Marvel is coming back, right? Yes. Okay, regardless of how you feel about that, I predict... Number one, or I guess number five, we'll do a countdown, that Captain Marvel is not the only resurrection that we'll see in Avengers vs. X-Men. Agree or disagree? Uh, I had not thought about it. That's a good one. Did you change your voice or your mic or something? I moved to plug in my phone. Oh, okay. All right. Gotcha. I'm in a tunnel right now. I'm going through a tunnel. Um, I think I will agree with that. Okay. Somebody will come back, yeah. All right, I'm writing it down. You agreed. And hopefully it's not Captain Marvel. What are you talking about? Who cares about him? I like him. He should hang out with your all-heroes squad and just get canceled. He probably, yeah. Actually, I really don't like... I wrote this on the, the Facebook page. I really don't care about the 616 version of him. I really like the Earth-X version of him. So I saw that. Yeah, you did. And you laughed inside, didn't you? 
Well, yeah, a little bit. It was, <laughs> a, it was kind of more of a giggle. A, a chuckle, if you will? Yeah, yeah. All right, what's yours? Number five. The Avengers will win. You said this before. Yes. Because the movie's coming out. Yes. I think that you're probably right now that I think about it because if the X-Men win, they would probably unite and they just split up. So they're not going to get back together. Yeah. And because I'm always right. Right. Yeah, that one too. Thank you. Okay, so write it down. Agreed. (laughs) Okay, number four. After this, there will be a new Avengers roster yet again. Well, that was a given. Why? Why is that a given? There's a new Avengers roster every other issue. No, no, no. The way Bendis has been doing it, he hasn't... He does it as in it would be real life. Like, okay, well, you know hey, we kind of need you, and yeah, we're kind of losing people. Somebody's fading out. Somebody's moving away to the West Coast. So yeah, let's join up. Instead of, let's make a giant announcement. Here are the new, new, new Avengers. Mm-hmm. I like how he does it, because it's more you know real life how it would be. Daredevil, why don't you help us out for a while? You know, storm, jump aboard, that type of thing. Yeah. But this, I mean, like, there's going to be a whole new... You're not an Avenger anymore. Now you used to be an Avenger. <laughs> so you, I agree. There'll you be still agree? Team. There'll be a new team. Okay. All right. All right. Your shot? Hope will die or spark the start of something. Whoa, 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 whoa. Those are completely different. Something huge is going to happen with Hope. And it's either she's going to die... Or she's going to start up more mutants being born or mutated or something something weird like that. Okay. I don't think she's going to die, but if something big happens with her, it'll probably be more mutants. Yeah. Okay. Because the with Children's Crusade happening, they brought back Wanda, but then... Her powers are going to work, and she gave back mutants to, you know, mutant powers to Richter, but but nobody else, and now Doctor Doom has her power. You know, it's like, when's that next issue coming out? The end of this month or next month? Um, it should be the end of this month, but I don't I don't know. They may wait until uh, March and then lead right into. Oh, April. I'm ready to just wrap that baby up. I know it's been good, huh? Yeah, it has. All right. Um. Number three, at least one Avengers title will be canceled after all this is over. Academy. Now, I'm not asking you which one. I know. Actually, actually, I doubt Avengers Academy will be canceled after this. Yep. And then Secret. You agreed? No, Secret's not getting canceled. Secret. Yeah, I agree. Wow. Heck yeah, I agree. Wow, betting a thousand. <laughs> All right, Wolverine will choose the Avengers. Ultimately, during the battle, I think so. Um, yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. Which makes for a sad day because Wolverine is has X Men written all over him, but he's going with the Avengers, I think. He's too valuable a property. 
Like if they're making money with him in the event uh, in the X Men, there's only more money to be made with him in the Avengers. Heck yeah! Everything we've got, we can put Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, and Hulk on it because they're Avengers. We make Spider Man and Wolverine Avengers, dude. We're sitting on a pile of money. But you know what? He wasn't in that picture for um, Avengers Assemble the cover. Avengers Assemble. Oh, yeah, because the whole movie thing. But, I mean, it does make sense. Like, all your branding, you could put the Avengers. And I think Wolverine, even though he's crazy, uh, if it comes down to having some sort of alliance about what... I mean, he's experienced the Phoenix before. He knows how awful it is. And if they have to kill Hope, you know, I think he would do that. Well, yeah, he said he would in that um, that one issue of Generation Hope, right? Yeah, so he would. So, yeah, he would. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, mine kind of goes in with yours. Um, some of the X-Men will switch sides halfway through the fight. Uh, that's a little too broad, Andy. I'm going to need some more um, nailing it down. Okay, well, then I would say that... I would say that at first, Storm and and Wolverine are fighting with the X-Men, and then by the end of it, Wolverine chooses to fight with the Avengers while Storm stays with the X-Men. What about Beast? Oh, I didn't even think about him. Uh, he'll <laughs> No, he'll stay with the Avengers. Okay. Yeah. He, he won't switch sides at all. No? <clears throat> no, uh-uh. But he's on the X-Men now, too, though. He's with Wolverine, but I don't think... I think the whole thing... He doesn't ever want to kill Wanda, and I think that that's going to play a pivotal role in this. Well, if he doesn't want to kill Wanda, wouldn't he stay on the X-Men side? Oh, no. Because the Avengers are pro-killing. The X-Men are pro-life. Are they? Is that... No, I don't... I don't think i get that from them because well maybe but i mean like they're all about bringing her to justice for killing the entire genocide mutant race yeah and i think that uh when the phoenix is coming back and it's searching for hope or gene or whoever i think that's where the moral conundrum is with cyclops is you can kill scarlet witch but not gene or hope How's that play, you know? Right. Well, yeah. that kind of feeds into my next one, then. Wait, wait, wait. Let me guess yours. Marvel Man comes back. <laughs> Marvel Man? Who's that? Like, don't you remember, like, two years ago, we talked about how they spent all this money to get Miracle Man or Marvel Man? Oh, Miracle Man? Yeah, they changed the name. The Marvel Man. Okay. No? Okay, sure. That's not your... No. Nope. Okay, go on. But I'm still upset about that. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I go to bed every night. You're like, All right, who's Marvel Man again? Yes. <laughs> no, my next one was Beast and Storm will choose the X-Men. Oh, okay. So we kind of differ on that because I think Storm will, but Beast won't. Yeah. So was really that... we differ on Beast. Was that your number one or was that your number two? That's number two. Oh, okay. All right, my number one. There will still be two teams of X-Men 
but possibly only two teams of Avengers as well. Hmm. So what that means is all Bendis's legacy of, you know, the new Avengers, the mighty Avengers, the Avengers proper, now secret Avengers. I think they're going to keep secret Avengers because they, they're not really Avengers. They kind of just function as their own, you know, secretive non-mutant team. And uh, that I think that's what the editorial, I, I think that's what editors want. They don't really care whether they're Avengers or not, but they want their own non-mutant secret team. And then we're going to just go back to one single Avengers title. We may have Avengers Academy, but um, we're con- going to combine it all. Avengers Assemble is going to be the book for a while. And then when Bendis gets off of it, I think it's going to change back, you know, to a regular creative team. And um, it's just going to be Avengers. It may be, still be titled Avengers Assemble, but it's just going to be the main Avengers book. And that's going to be it. And that whole 10 years of, you know, Nick Fury and the disassembled and no more mutants and everything. It's finally going to be over. Hmm. Do you think that's going to happen after the miniseries? I think, yeah, yeah, I do. Because I think that um, AVX is going to lead into a new status quo for the Avengers. And it's kind of going to go back and look like what it was before Disassembled. Not with necessarily the same characters, but now with the movie characters being in the lead roles. And it's going to move forward that way. And then Bendis is going to say goodbye and he's going to move on. Like, he's probably going to set some things up, like with the Sentry, obviously. What? Oh, you know, of course. He's not going to leave him hanging. So, I think, anyway, not necessarily the Sentry, obviously. But he's going to set some things up in Avengers Assemble that he's going to be working on after he leaves Avengers. Mm. I'm going to disagree. And what are you going to disagree about? Uh, I don't think... I think there's going to continue to be multiple teams of Avengers. Uh, Marvel's going to put Avengers on anything they can. With the success of the movie, I think it's just going to be Avengers all over the place. Uh, I suppose... I mean, that makes... That makes financial sense, but story-wise, I don't see it. Because they they don't want a whole lot of history. They want a bunch of jumping on points, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's why we got Captain America back, and we splintered off when having a new Winter Soldier title. Well, and you've got to see when the new kids' titles are starting (sighs) at the same time the Avengers movie's coming out. That's true. Same with Spider-Man. And I heard you take a drink. Mm-hmm. About liquids on this show. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, my voice after explaining all that. Yeah. No, it was a good explanation. It's a good theory. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. My number one is that Scarlet Witch will be restored as a hero. You think so, huh? Yep, I think she's been bad guy long enough. She's going to have a hand in defeating the X-Men. And the Phoenix Force, and will thus redeem herself. I would agree with that. I think that you're right. 
I think that you're right, and I wish that the Fantastic Four was in on it too, so we could see the you know the most powerful beings on Earth in the six one six. You know, uh, you have Hope or Jean, Wanda, and then Franklin. I would love to see all that get together. And do what? I don't know. Whatever they have planned. Kind of like, just sort the whole thing out. They just shoot energy around? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Cool. That's what yeah. I want. And Dazzler. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and Pip the Troll. <laughs> no. Mm-mm ridiculous cool all good right predictions. good prediction thank you thank you we need to do more of those i think not of avx obviously yeah we didn't do a top 10 characters of uh 2012 i you know what i thought about that and we didn't do like the best um, the best issues it was kind of because the way we recorded it fell it didn't it didn't fall right so we may go back and do that Oh, we may? Well, we might. All right. Might we? May we? We mightn't. All right, let's go on to <laughs> arguably the best portion of the episode, Latino Award! Latino Award. Due to Jared Mayo's infatuation with the goddess Tina Turner, we have this segment that SOPA, whew, thank goodness it didn't pass, would throw yes. in jail for. <laughs> We like to pick, based on the issues that we've chosen and reviewed, some things that we call Tino Awards. We pick a title of a song that happens to fit a theme of a comic book that we read. They may seem mismatched, but really, Tina permeates our lives. She invades, if you will, every it's space over. of our being. Absolutely. Right. It's I mean... Infectious. How can we how can we not live without her? That that almost makes me want to break out in song. Well, you'll have your chance soon. Sidebar many... real quick, Andy. What what? Sidebar real Sidebar. quick. Sidebar. Uh we got to meet Tina Turner's backup dancer, Furley. Uh the, the one you said you wanted to do a fan club for? Yes. What? That's awesome. She came to Cincinnati. Uh, to do a, a motocross show. And I looked her up on Facebook and said, hey, we'd like to go. She said, sweet, I'll give you free tickets. Let's meet up afterwards. So Jennifer and I got to meet her. Lovely, lovely lady. So wonderful. Um, got her pictures with her, gave her a gift, uh, got her autograph. It was just a blast. That's insane. And she just gave you free tickets? Like she was like, oh, you're such a big fan. Here you go. Yeah, she's like, how many do you need? Uh, two? Okay. See you Saturday. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. You got to like sit and have a conversation with her? Yeah, she came out to do signings, and she just let us come to the front uh, and uh, talk with her and stuff. It was it was wonderful. I had met her before, but uh, this time it was just me and Jennifer that got Jennifer and I that got to talk with her. It was well, great. I'm, I'm sure she remembered you. Uh, I mean, I gave her uh, the picture of when we met three years ago and she autographed it. So that was cool. <laughs> That's great. I'm really happy for you. That's awesome. She came out and she, first thing she goes, hi. And then she looked, she put her hand in Jennifer's hair and goes, Oh, you're so beautiful. <laughs> and Jennifer was just like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> 
Now, does Jennifer share your love of all things Tina? Um, Jennifer does enjoy Tina, and she really likes Furley. She's like, Furley's my new best friend. Wow. So, Jen and Furley are besties? They're besties. They're Facebook friends. Wow. Goodness gracious. I got banned from making new friends on Facebook. <laughs> this Did you time, get that all cleared up? No. No. I am banned for 14 days now. Banned for 14 days of what? I can't friend anyone. I can't even confirm a friend request for 14 oh, days. Gosh. Uh, so, so how are you going to change that next time? Like, are you going to start sending out, hey, this is Andy from 616 Pop, Marvel 616 Politics? Um, they, they changed the way you do that because when you send a friend request, you used to be able to send a message with it, but mm-hmm. now you have to send them separately. So... I probably I probably just wait because like I get I get three or four friend requests a day so I'll just do that and but man there's a ton more people on the Facebook page that aren't my friends like new people we we've we've dropped from nine thirty six to nine twenty eight and yet nine twenty seven oh really nine twenty seven where are, where's everyone where have all the cowboys gone I think that that after a period of time for not being on there I think that sometimes facebook might drop them off i don't know um but anyway like i see like 10 new people posting that i've never seen before and i'm like oh that's a new name that's a new name mm. and i can't friend them because first of all i'm banned and secondly so oh and we didn't say congratulations to kevin mcvicker for uh winning our venom competition well done well done posting the best venom picture and uh jared picked that one that was his favorite I did not. <laughs> I had no say in this contest. You didn't because you left. You went on a cruise. I felt really bad. I was like, well, I guess I'm picking. <laughs> so anyway, he got um, Fear Itself number one, white variant cover edition. So he can get Mike McCone to draw Spider-Man's backside when uh, he runs into him. So Another Facebook status. <laughs> you know, I still have to send out new warriors. Oh, you didn't send that to Aaron yet? Come on. I've been such a loser pants. You, yeah, yeah. A bunch of pants full of loser. Yep, right up in here like Ant-Man. The old one or the new one? No, Ant-Man. He was in those those people's pants. Oh, yeah, the pant leg. Yeah. You're like, and Ant-Man's in the pants. Okay, how how many Tina's do you have? Three. Okay, I got two. Right on. Awesome. Two people. Two people gotta stick together and love one another. Save it for a day. Some people gotta stay whatever and give one another shelter on a rainy day. Two people. You know it. <laughs> I how terrible is that? <laughs> um, mine are all easy. Okay, I'm gonna go with the uh, Black Widow and Winter Soldier. Yeah. All right. So you, I, I dig that relationship. I really like that. Me too. I, I like how they they're both from that era, so it makes sense. You know, Cap and Sharon Carter. That's he was dating her aunt, her great aunt, yeah. or something. Weird. Yeah, kind of odd. All right, uh, my number one is Fire Down Below. Oh, 
That is for the whole Venom thing with the hell coming. Yep, you're right. You're good right. job. Man, you, we're just getting too good at this. Next one is Disco Inferno. <laughs> I'm going to go with the same thing, the Venom thing and <laughs> yeah. hell coming up. <laughs> yeah. Except for the whole disco part. I don't know that there was a dance party or anything. Well, I mean, if you get the roulette wheel spinning and the light, it looks like a, you know, a, a disco ball. There you go. And if Dazzler shows up. Oh, we could only hope. Yeah. We should just incorporate that next episode. Just like, how many ways can we add Dazzler to our conversation? I think that that's a, that's a terrible idea. All right, well, I'll do Dazzler, and you can have North Star. <laughs> I think that's an even worse idea. Uh, uh, you get North Star. What a loser. <laughs> Did you see North Star is going to be in the new Astonishing run that uh, Marjorie Lou's doing? Yeah. <laughs> You're so excitable. <laughs> I don't like that. That series is awful. And they just had an interview the other day where, like, yes, it's it's steeped heavily in continuity. What? Have you read it? No, it's it's definitely not. It's uh, definitely not. It's like Wolverine, Gambit, North Star, Karma, and uh, that that uh, security guard for Kid Gladiator. Woohoo! Sign me up. I want to read that. Warbird? Huh? Is it Warbird? Yeah. Yeah. No. That's sad. Just give me X twenty three. That's all I really want. Yep, I liked it. It was good. It was good. All right. Is uh is it my turn? Whoa, did you do something different with your mic? No. I'm very scratchy. Hello? Yeah, it's it's pretty nasty. Oh. What about that? I don't that? know if it's like that on your end. Maybe it's just on mine. No, it's not. It's going to record fine, as it always does. All right, as long as it records fine, that's fine. I can make out what you're saying. Okay, we're not making out. All right. <laughs> Complicate. Oh, yeah, complicated disaster. And now you're standing in front of me, begging me not to leave. Complicated disaster. And as I struggle to understand what became of a man, promise me ever after. I turn away, but I can't run. You're all that I um, that would be Secret Avengers. What about it? Because it was hard to follow, make sense, all that good stuff. Man, I need to come up with harder ones. Yes, it was. No, I came up with easy ones for you, too. I appreciate it, but, I mean, now we're just patting each other on the back. Yeah. Good <laughs> job, Jared! Well done! Good job to you, Andy! <laughs> All right, last one. Do you know how why I always have less than you? I just thought you were slow. No, I always have less than you so that I can get more right than you. Oh, okay. Next week, I will have half of one. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Complicated.
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last one. Confidential. It's secret Avengers that they're secret. Yeah, they're secret. <laughs> we're trying to be covert, so we're gonna have Captain Britain come aboard. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And Venom and Giant Man. Yeah, I'm wondering if Remender's gonna try and make them more like X Force. Um. Oh yeah, he's right in X Force, right? Yes. Yeah. So now he's right in X Force. Oh yeah, that's kind of weird. Yeah, I bet he is. I bet he is. Because I love X-Force. I like the whole secret, you know, they're doing stuff that the other teams can't do. Because the Avengers, the secret Avengers are supposed to do that too, but it's just kind of like, bleh. Yeah, no. Uh, did you read the latest uh, X-Force? Uh, yes. Um, don't you like, I mean, I find it really interesting that Phantom X is only in the 616. Yeah. That... Now I'm getting into that book. So I just don't I don't like the whole Captain Britain corpse thing. I never liked that stuff back in Excalibur. Well, no, I don't really like it either. It, it to me it doesn't seem like it fits with that mood of X Force, you know? No, but they won't be there forever. I mean, it's just a a five or six issue story arc. I hope. Yeah. Just get them out of there. Just 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 get them out. Yeah. All right. Well, that I mean, that pretty much completes our evening. Uh, this is Marvel Six One Six Politics. You can always visit us online, download our episodes directly, or stream them from MP3 at Marvel Six One Six Politics dot com. Email us at Marvel Six One Six Politics at gmail dot com. Follow us on Twitter, Twitter dot com slash Six One Six Politics. Give us a call Six One Six Seven Five Five Tina. Leave us questions, leave us messages, um, leave us poems, you know, maybe a haiku or something. That'd be awesome. A limerick, if you will. If I will, yes. And hit us up on Facebook.com slash Marvel616Politics. Reminder, you will not be able to friend Andy for the next 14 days, so you'll have to get in contact with him at Facebook.com slash Marvel616Politics where there are always questions, pictures, articles, and just general fun interaction. As well, we are also sponsored by DCBService.com, where you can get all your latest and greatest pre-orders, trades, statues, you name it, they've got it for up to 40% off. That's amazing. You're so good at that. You should work for them. Okay. (laughs) I I do work for them. I'm getting paid. (laughs) That's right. Throw it on the ground. All right. So until next time, make yours Marvel 616 Politics.
This is Marvel 616 Politics, Episode 5, with Andy Kirby and, and Jared Mayo. Oh, the magic rainbow from the Golden Pyramid were the ghosts of... I mean... <laughs> like, come on, like... Really? Just ride the llama and go. Get your monkey, put his boots on, and let's go. 